Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Jerry Hamilton, On3 National reporting, uh, Recruiting Reporter and analyst, as well as uh, Inside Texas Reporter. How are you doing today, Jerry? Good, Bobby. Just, uh, so, you know, braving the, the Houston heat again. Here we go. <laughs> not a, hey, it's not as bad as Dallas. I was in the car going to uh, Malik Muhammad's to emcee that uh, announcement last week. It was 111 in my car in Waxahachie. Oh, my. It was actually 109 that day in Dallas. Uh, it's a drier heat in Dallas, though, than yes. uh, Houston. Hey, uh, yeah. question for you. Um, I, I have got a bunch of different things. Things I want to ask you uh, for this week. Some of them are longer, some of them are shorter, uh, but I want to just get your 30 seconds real quick on the commitment of Peyton Kirkland, where you think that does with Texas with the number of offensive linemen they're taking, what kind of player you think they're getting. Yeah, I think, uh, I, one, I think it's a big win because I, I just view Orlando area as a place that Texas can have success in, especially with the short choice who's recruited that area at Georgia tech. Obviously he's live living in that area as much as he could with Cedric Baxter, right. Who has August 10th uh, announcement coming up. But anytime there's questions about the Florida and Florida state program, as, as you know, Bobby, Orlando's a great area to recruit, very talented. You're not going to go into Dade and Broward County and have a ton of success. I don't think, um, but in Orlando and Jacksonville, you certainly can if Florida and Florida State are not both up at the same time. And uh, I think, you know, so one, I think it's a big commitment from that standpoint, Peyton Kirkland. Then if you get Cedric Baxter on top of it, you have something going because that would be two really pretty good voices in the Orlando I, area. And you and I talked about this this morning before uh, as we were thinking about what we're going to write today. He, you know, he's at Dr. Phillips High School in Orlando. That 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 program has guys every year. So yes. it's not just uh, some kind of satellite um, uh, suburban school. This is one that is probably one of the more talented in the area. Then Edgewater, where Cedric Baxter is, is the same way. Same way, yeah. No, th those are two great schools uh, to recruit from. I mean, to your point, Dr. Phillips specifically, I mean, ha-ha Clinton Dix, the safety out of Alabama, it's in the NFL. Marcel Harris, safety that went to Florida, who was a legacy's in the NFL. They have a number of guys nationally uh, recruited. D. Hart, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys um, over the years. And they, all sports, too, by the way. Basket, that's where Griffey, Trey Griffey went to school there. I think he's still maybe in the NFL. And, you know, Ken Griffey lives right there in Windermere. All his kids came through there. Uh, they've had multiple NBA guys come through there, multiple, like Wayne Brady went there after. I mean, so it's a talented school. They produce a lot of talented guys. Uh, and Pey Peyton is a strong voice at that school. So that, that's a big win as a player. Look, I think he can play right tackle. I, I, he's a tough guy to evaluate for me because there's going he, he, to be – he hasn't played football as long as some other guys. And then the body's going to be reshaped. So – how much different is he going to look athletically? I think he can play right tackle. I think it's to be determined, though, 
I don't think he's the level athlete Kelvin Banks, Cam Williams, and Neto were from the last class. Uh, but I de that doesn't mean he can't play right tackle, it, it, you know, in the right circumstances if he really takes off in a strength and conditioning program. And by the way, he's a midterm enrollee, so that gives him a much better chance to get there quicker. Yeah, and he's bigger than Banks and Neto. And that's the uh, point. He's carrying 355 pounds right now. Yeah. Hey, um, you, you mentioned it wasn't his first uh, – he hasn't been playing football that long. That's new information to me. What – what do you mean by that? Well, I think he may I think he may have played as a kid, but then maybe didn't play for a while, but he's played all three years in high school, obviously. So I think there was a little break there. Okay, gotcha. So he, he, not too late to the party, uh, but but did take a respite or something. Okay, um, that, that's good on Kirkland. Next thing I want to ask you about is where you think Texas is overall in recruiting right now. 20 commitments, top five class, uh, a, lot of, a lot of meat still left on the hook, uh, so to speak. Uh, where, where do you think they are overall from a national perspective? I think, the, I, I think that the momentum is great right now and getting better. I think more pros, I don't think, I know more prospects from around the country reaching out to Texas. Uh, I mean, there's a little Arch Manning FOMO and somebody said on the YouTube channel, do you think y'all are playing up Arch Manning too much? I said, well, you can't play it up too much as long as the results are still there. And I think somebody was specifically talking about Peyton Kirkland. Well, yeah, I mean, Tashar Choice, Kyle Flood, they did good work there. But look, I mean, that recruitment really ramped up when Peyton had a good idea where Arch was going. And there's other kids, I mean, that, that's happening with right now um, around the country, not talking in Texas, but we're talking in the Southeast region. That's happening more and more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess you're not, you're purposely not giving us those, those names at this point. Is that I'm accurate? Yeah, that's accurate because I, I think that the issue Texas has is there's some guys on the board right now that are probably going to be coming off the board in the next two or three or four weeks, and you're not going to do anything to jeopardize those if you're in a good position until those decisions are made. If a couple of guys, maybe an edge kid, maybe a defensive back goes the opposite direction of Texas, I think you're going to see two or three new names pop up pretty quick, and they're pretty talented kids. Gotcha. All right. Um I think that that speaks well to where they're at from a FOMO perspective as you, the fear of missing out is the, right. an, uh, the acronym there. Um, what about how they're doing overall and wh where do you think they'll end up or do you just feel like they're doing a good job recruiting? I mean, I, I, I struggle with these things because you use certain uh, adjectives to right. describe how they're doing and it's, there's nothing really finite. Uh, but hearing from an expert like yourself and, and you've seen and you know what some other classes are getting, it's my understanding Alabama has a great class going on right now, too. Um, what are your thoughts overall how Texas fits in that national picture? I think a legitimate top five class. Uh, you know, I think there's going to be six or seven teams. They're going to say we could we could have a top five class and Texas is going to be one of those. Um, I, look, to me, if. Anthony Hill goes Texas way. A um, couple other guys go Texas way. Um, you know, the rankings are going to adjust, right? And that does impact uh, class rankings. But, I, you know, look, if Texas won out for Anthony Hill, uh, three or four of the other guys they're leading, Cedric Baxter, two or three other guys they're leading on, I mean, they're going to be looking at a top three class, in my opinion. Um, I, I just think they're going to have too much momentum within that class. Um, I could see a guy like Derek Williams having great senior film and moving up. Um, you know, as we on three expand our five stars, right, to 32 by January. 
Um, I, I just think the class has some movers in it as well. Um, and, you know, look, you got a guy like Jordan Hall, who's, you know, a possibility now if he visits. So I think the class is really trending in, in the right direction to stay in the top five, possibly as high as two or three. I think I, I'll be surprised if Alabama doesn't sign the number one class. I really will. I just think Nick's way too motivated <laughs> losing that A&M last year and Georgia. I think he's way too motivated not to have the number one class. So I, I like, I think they'll probably get Caleb Downs this week unless uh, five-star safety, unless Georgia can pull a minor upset, even though the kid's from the Atlanta area. I think Alabama was sitting in a pretty good spot in the last two or three weeks. But so I think Alabama's got a lot of momentum. I think Texas is, is right there. Um, and the hard thing about projecting Texas, Bobby, is what are they going to do on the field this year? You absolutely know Alabama is going to be ranked one or two or three all year long, right? You just, if Texas comes out and plays really well, I'm not talking Alabama game. I'm just saying if they can get off to a good start, I think you penciled it. You said the Texas Tech game, in your opinion, was a kind of a big one early on. You know, if you can do that, if you can actually beat Oklahoma this year in year one of Brent Venables, year two of Steve Sarkeesian, I think you can create even more momentum. And then guys like David Hicks are going to be longer drawn out recruitment. So, and who else can you get in on? There's Jordan Hall. Has Damon Wilson become a factor if a couple of edges go away from Texas that are, that are in state? We're going to find out. But I think there's the ability to get as high as the number two class if everything falls their way. I don't see them at number one, but I'm not going to rule it out. Gotcha. Um, question for you. Uh, you mentioned Brent Venables, uh, mentioned A&M a little bit there. Um, my article today on Inside Texas you know, was really, I mean, I, I, some, of the, some people just don't get it. I mean, Texas uh, has a good recruiting class going. Um, some people at A&M are saying, oh, well, we didn't want those guys. And I, I listed like nine or 10 guys that they most certainly did. I'm not, right. I'm not so petty as to think that, you know, the same didn't occur to Texas a year ago, right? right. Um, Texas said there are plenty of guys there. Um, my, my thought here is um, how, are, how is A&M doing? I know they're down in the rankings this year and don't have a lot of commitments, right. but they apparently have a big weekend coming up. And also for Texas fans, how is Oklahoma doing right now in recruiting? Yeah, uh, start with AM. I think what's interesting about AM is last year they mopped up in Houston, right? It was total domination. I think they kind of set their sights on Dallas early in this class. And and I and I, I don't think they've won the key battles there. I mean, it, you know, people can say whatever they want, but did they want John Tay Cook? Absolutely. Could Malik Muhammad have called and committed? Absolutely, he could have. Um, you know, obviously David Hicks is, is a big one, but he moved to Katy um, back down the south. But Anthony Hill is a massive recruitment because, you know, look, if that goes Texas way, then Texas has won DFW pretty big over A&M and Oklahoma. Uh, so that's a big recruitment. I mean, Anthony Hill already knocking Oklahoma out and saying it's just down to A&M and Texas. Has, look, as we had been reported on inside Texas for months, that was what it was going to come down to. That's a pretty, pretty big blow to OU uh, from a Denton Ryan kid. Uh, but that's a huge recruitment for AM. And look, you know, people can say, well, AM's going to have smaller class numbers. Well, those smaller, that smaller class number right now would have been about five or six higher had they beat Texas on a few guys. They won most of those last year. They're not this year. That's just the reality of where things stand right now. Can that change in three weeks if Anthony Hill goes their way? Sure. I mean, but right now, um, Texas A&M is not winning as many battles as they did last year. There's no way around it. And that's nationally too. I think they've struggled, you know, with Josh Henson leaving and going to USC and Adazio coming in. I think they've, I, I think they've struggled a little bit in offensive line recruiting. And why I say that is 
you know, TJ Shanahan's been a top guy for them for a while. And I mean, he's just not jumping in. I mean, he's, he's over there a few miles away from the Texas campus, hoping that Texas brings him, brings him in for a visit at this point and gives him a chance. I mean, that, that, that should have been a layup for AM after Georgia and Miami weren't really involved in it. So I think they've struggled a little bit on the offensive line. Miles McVay, I think, is probably trending Oregon right now, who I think AM would take out of East St. Louis that Texas kind of messed with before Peyton Kirkland committed. Uh, so I, I think that just some of the struggles are, are real. Does that mean AM's not going to sign a top 10 class? I, I'm not betting that way because I think AM signed four in a row at this point. Yeah. And, and I would say this too about AM. Uh, and uh, it, particularly on the offensive line, Steve Adazio has some baggage uh, with him. Not, and I'm not, he, I think he's a fine coach. Right. So I want to say this, but he had some things happen at Colorado State that, that I'm guessing are being used against him, not necessarily by Texas, but others that are recruiting against him. Right. And, and I'm not, you know, it, neither here nor there, just realize that that could be playing a, a role, as you mentioned, Josh Henson. What about Oklahoma, though, uh, Jerry? The Sooners seem to be doing well in spots. It's yeah. not, not a bad thing for them because they do not have that home field advantage that a Texas or Texas A&M likes. Uh, look, I mean, the, the end, the edge kid, P.J. Adebawari out of Kansas City area, that's a huge get for them uh, because that one looked like for a while, you know, could it go Georgia's way? Um could Missouri actually keeping Luther Burden home, close to home last year, even though he's more St. Louis kid? I mean, that's a, that is an area that Oklahoma's traditionally been great in, and that's another big win uh, for Oklahoma. I think they're hitting the areas they need to hit. Um, and it doesn't surprise me because, look, Brent Venables was there for years under Bob Stoops. He saw how Stoops built it, right? It was Texas, Kansas City, or Missouri, those areas, north and south Louisiana, right? Cherry pick some other areas. Um, it, what's interesting to me is, you know, with Lincoln Raya, they really hit the East Coast hard. You know, they really hit Virginia, North Carolinas, the Carolinas, uh, a lot harder, D.C., Maryland area, more than Oklahoma had in the past. And we'll see if this staff has as much success there. I mean, Brent Venables was at Clemson for years, right? Um, so we'll see. And uh, Todd Bates was at Clemson for years, right? So we'll see. I think the big recruitment, you know, I think Texas winning in DFW has hurt Oklahoma, and I think the Anthony Hill recruitments hurt Oklahoma. David Hicks is a huge one because he has a great relationship with Todd Bates. But if that ends up coming down to an A&M versus Texas at the end of the day and Oklahoma's third, then, you know, Oklahoma's kind of struggled in Texas this year. I mean, Jackson Arnold's a really good quarterback at Denton Geyer, obviously, and they're going to get their guys out of Texas, but are they going to get their top, top targets out of Texas? To this point, Anthony Hill's already crossed them off. We'll see what happens with David Hicks. Well, interestingly, uh, you mentioned uh, Jaquez Petaway is committed to him. So they've got, uh, look, it's not, nobody's crying for Oklahoma here. Yeah. It's just where do they have to deploy resources to get their guys? Uh, the other thing is they're clearly not going to California as much as they right. were with right. with uh, Lincoln Riley and you're, and you're seeing them go back to the Tampa area they got the linebacker Lewis Carter I mean how many guys did Brent Venables and Stoops pull out of the west coast of Florida in that Tampa area that were really good players there was probably five or six and so again like that Missouri Kansas City St. Louis areas um, they're headed right back to the southwest coast of Florida so Brent Venables is going where he knows they've won back key battles at Oklahoma and I think that's pretty good strategy not as much in, in that west coast of Florida, not as much home cooking, right? right? 
um, yeah. compared to yeah, Dayton, and Broward, and Miami. About earlier, if Florida is in Florida State are somewhat down, then Orlando, Jacksonville, Tampa, you can have a lot of success, especially if you're moving to the SEC, which Texas and Oklahoma are. Yep, I got you. Um, all right, a uh, couple other questions for you. Uh, Texas has a big recruiting weekend coming up, uh, but it's not going to be just 23s. It'll also be 2024s. What are you looking forward to right now? Um, is Darian Gallette going to A&M this weekend or Texas? I, I, you know, some, of the, some just tidbits like that that you're hearing yeah. uh, from behind the scenes. Yeah, I think, I think uh, right now Gallette's going to A&M. We'll obviously, we'll be double-checking on that this week to see if he makes a visit, day visit to both, possibly. Uh, I'm looking at D-line this weekend, though. Look, commits Sadir Mitchell and Dylan Spencer are going to be on campus. so they're gonna Mitchell's be coming back? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mitchell's coming in this weekend and Spencer. So they're going to be there on campus with Jamarius Brown, who will be there with his family, Marcus Deal, who will be there with his family, and Tadarius Collins, the D-lineman out of uh, – uh, Woodlawn up in Shreveport. And so it's going to be interesting that the commitments are going to be around a couple of targets and we'll see who, who you know, who, how that pans out as far as relationships, um, that sort of thing. I think it's interesting. I mean, there's no doubt Texas wants Jamarius Brown and Marcus Deal. I think Deal's recruitment still looks like it plays out into the fall as of today. Uh, Jamarius Brown does too, but that one's kind of a wild card. I don't think anybody really knows, honestly. Um, but Tadarius Collins is interesting because he visited Baylor and TCU, and both those schools love him. I've heard LSU has turned up the heat on him a little bit in the last few weeks, and he's a guy I kind of like Jamarius Brown. I just don't think in our industry we've seen that much of him. So he's a guy that I don't think Texas has seen that much of, but they know they like him. So what happens this weekend when he's around the staff, him and Jamarius Brown? They know deal in the family. When Jamarius Brown, Tadarius Collins, you're around that staff. Does, does a guy like Collins come away so impressive physically and just in the conversations that he becomes a guy they would take right now? I think that's kind of what will play out with some 23s this weekend, especially on the defensive line, because Tadarius Collins and Jamarius Brown haven't been to Texas before. This is their first trip. So I think there's a lot of unknowns going into that visit. Uh, 2024s, I think. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how many – there's such a battle for those kids to who's going where this weekend. Um, I, I think there's some good names uh, that are coming into Texas. I look at, you know, at Daniel Cruz at Richland, North Richland Hills, the center prospect, who I know Texas loves as a center in 2024. Is he going to be at Texas or is he going to be at A&M this weekend? Both offered him this summer, uh, but that's a guy who's highly coveted by Texas. I've been told by multiple people that. Uh, so is, does he show up in Austin this weekend? Because if he does, I don't think, I think the message is going to be very clear. You're the center we want in 2024. We want you in our program. So That's I think some things like that are going to happen in the 24s this weekend. I, we talk about where you and I went to high school. Richland is where my wife went to high school. There you go. <laughs> Shout out to, to Jenny Burton on this one. Um, Hey, uh, one thing about it, uh, you mentioned, uh, some of those guys, there's still some guys that are on the cusp of making the decisions we believe including two edges Braylon Shelby and Colton Vosick Shelby out of Friendswood Vosick uh, there out of Austin Westlake anything late on those guys as well as Hunter Osborne who I think is trending away from Texas yeah I'll start with Hunter Osborne I think that I think that that uh, that engagement's off um, I, I don't think they're going to the altar so I'll be surprised <laughs> if that happens uh, I think if will. <laughs> yeah I think if Alabama wants Osborne it's a done deal 
And, and so I think that is where the recruitment's headed if Nick Saban decides he's, he wants him in the program. Uh, otherwise, I think it'll be interesting. I, I heard Tennessee for a while. And then I said, then I've heard maybe not Tennessee. So it, it's kind of an interesting recruitment um, to see which way Osborne's going to go. But I think it's Bama if Bama uh, wants him in the class. Um, and with Peter Woods going to Clemson, maybe they do now. And that was going to be to be determined. Um, Braylon Boss. Shelby, Bossick. I mean, I, I think Shelby's still a USC Texas battle. Both schools have a level of confidence. I think USC may have a little more confidence, but both schools think they can win that recruitment. Vosick's a true wild card. Um, I think because of the Oregon um, conference affiliation questions, uh, could Vosick end up at Oklahoma possibly? You know, Brent Venables would love to win out for Colton Vosick, right? Um, not only is a Texas legacy, but a player at Austin Westlake. And Syntex was really good to Bob Stoops and that staff. I mean, Derek Strait was one name that Texas fans obviously remember. There's others, Tommy Harris. I mean, uh, so that was a that's an area that Oklahoma loves to hit. They tried really hard to get Jaden Chapman. Um, so that that's one to watch there. But I don't have anything new, okay, whether they may show up in Austin this weekend. That's something we're going to be tracking here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because the chances are somebody is going to show up here this weekend that is, isn't currently on the visit list because it really is the last opportunity. If you feel like you're trailing for those two guys, you need to get them on campus this weekend. JV and Toviano, maybe? I don't know. All right. <laughs> Jerry He's, Hamilton. He'll show us with a pin on his Twitter when he shows up somewhere. Yeah. Jerry Hamilton of On3 and Inside Texas. Thanks for visiting with us. That's been this episode of On Texas Football.